0: currently busy with the one series and this is a series of messages during the month of May and what's wonderful is that this series of messages has been followed by over 160 churches across Pretoria, tswane and we are glad to be part of this historic moment in the life of our city. It is an historic moment. The title of the message this morning is One, One. Would you say that with me? One, One. In other words, one person, that being Jesus, has triumphed. And he has triumphed for us. In essence, this message is about recognizing that Jesus' victory has become our victory. Now let me give you a little example here. How many of you are Springbok rugby supporters? Raise your hand, proudly so. How many of you, you don't really support the Springbok? you just like the bultong during the game? <laughs> okay, a few people. Now we have this team and uh, quite often the Springboks do really well internationally, but when they, let's say, overseas and playing against Australia, Uh, Down under and they win a tournament. It is incredible. It is so exciting Everybody's watching there's a a real buzz And what do we say after that they have won the match? Let's say against Australia Against the Wallabies. What do we say? We say we won Am I right we won? (laughs) But you didn't even get off the couch You did nothing. But yet you say, we won, and you know what? It is true, we won. (laughs) You know what you call that? It is the power of association. The power of being connected to. And because we are associated with Jesus, when he won... We won. And so on that day when he triumphed over the enemy and he paid the price for sin and he died a perfect life on the cross and he was ultimately raised, we won because he won and because of the power of our relationship with him, the power of our association, you can also say, when Jesus won, I won. And you can say it not to try to sound cute or something or sound positive but to be biblically truthful you can say when he won i won and you can say that his victory is my victory look at romans 6 verse 4 to 5 it will appear on your screen romans chapter 6 and verse 4 to 5. now in this look for the whole association to jesus between you and I as believers and him. It says in Romans 6, verse 4, Therefore we were buried with him, notice with him, through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Now on your screen, I've highlighted a few words there. Those are the words, with him, just as Christ, even so we, united together. You know what? This is all about our identification with Christ. I especially like the two middle underlined words. And there it says, just as Christ, even so we. Now that's very powerful, people. Just as Christ and what he's done and the victory that he has purchased, even so we. When he won, even so we. (laughs) When he triumphed over the enemy, even so we. We won too. And I love that. Just as Christ even so, we. Do you see how important your relationship with Jesus is? Do you see how important it is that you've given your life to him and surrendered to him? And maybe you've never really thought about this too much, of this aspect of you being identified with Christ. You've Never really given it much thought. But I tell you, it is something that when you meditate on, can begin to change your spiritual walk quite profoundly. Because let me tell you this, on the day that you became born again, on the day that you gave your life to Jesus, you became identified with Christ. You became united together with Him. And right now we identify with His current position, a victorious one seated at the right hand of the Father. We identify with that current position resurrected, and victorious. Can somebody say hallelujah? Isn't that wonderful? Now, five things that I want to touch on this morning. Number one, there cannot be a win without a contest. There cannot be a win without a contest. Now, the basis of this message is that Jesus' victory is our victory. And therefore we can live a life of victory but that doesn't mean we we, that we won't face battles because we will certainly face battles but I believe that we can overcome the battles every time God wants to help us to overcome those battles in fact he has even promised to give us victory the scripture says 1 Corinthians 15 57 but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ may I ask you this what battle are you facing at this point in your life what battle are you facing I believe probably most of us are facing one or other battle some very severe some not as severe and it could be really hard for you right now. It could be very real. But I want to show you that God's word says that he gives us the victory. That's what it says. It says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ, through that association, through that identification. And I want to say to you, wouldn't you take a hold of that victory today? Would you allow it to jump out of the pages of the Bible today that his victory is your victory, and would you actually take a hold of that victory for your life today? Because he gives victory. John 16, verse 33 says, in the world you will have tribulation. How many of you wish that scripture wasn't in the Bible? (laughs) But it is, it says in the world that you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. Now you might say, but what on earth does that scripture have to do with me? That scripture is not talking about me. That scripture is talking about Jesus. But listen, because you are identified with Jesus, that scripture has a bearing on you. And that scripture is telling you that his victory is your victory. His victory is my victory. Won't you say that with me? His victory is my victory. And so therefore, you also fit into John sixteen thirty three, which says that you overcome the world. Because effectively, Jesus has done it, and by our identification with him, you have also overcome the world. Won't you say this after me? Even though I face battles, I have the DNA DNA. of an overcomer. Overcomer. And it says, there cannot, it says in uh, 1 John 5 verse 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Are you born of God? Yes, you are when you gave your life to Jesus. You became born again and you became a new creation in Christ. And because you are born of God, you fundamentally at your spiritual DNA level You are an overcomer. You're out of a life of darkness, and God has made all things new, and you are an overcomer. There cannot be a win without a contest. So maybe some of us should stop wishing for a life where there's no contests, where there's no struggle. I think sometimes we do that. Lord, just give me a few months where there's no no things that I have to contend with, no contest, no struggle. But you know what? That comes when we get to heaven one day. And we have to realize that there will be uh, contests. There will be struggles. But let each struggle develop your faith. Let each struggle make you more like Jesus. I heard a great quote which says that God doesn't waste a good crisis. He'll use it for good in your life. He'll make you more like Jesus. Number two, what contest was Jesus involved in on the cross? Essentially, there are two things. The first is that the cross was a contest or a battle, if you prefer the word battle, against sin. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5, 19, and also verse 21, It says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. And then you can jump to verse 21, which says, For he, that's God the Father, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us. I'm going to get theological just for a little moment here. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God in him. And essentially what God was doing here is God was winning his people back from a life of sin. That's what he was doing on the cross. Let me say that again. He was winning his people back from a life of sin. And that sin life had caused us to fall into a place of being less than what we should. It called us to be a fallen people. But that was about to change through the work of the cross. And it's so wonderful that we know that Jesus lived a sinless life. And because of that victory, he could pay the price for our sins. He was the perfect sacrifice. And so what did he win? He won a contest on the cross against the power of sin. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Also, the cross was a contest against death. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. Sin ultimately produces death in our lives, in a person's life. Now, a very interesting scripture is Hebrews 2.14 but it's put so well in the New Living Translation, I'll read it to you. It says, because God's children of human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also, that's Jesus, became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Interesting to see, according to Scripture, the devil had the power of death. And you see, the devil tries to hold you back. He tries to hold you and I back through sin. And then eventually, his plan is to use his ultimate weapon against us, and his ultimate weapon is death. But you know what? Praise God that because of what Jesus has done, the devil has been disarmed of that weapon. His biggest weapon has been taken away, and now it is under Christ's control. Listen to what the commentator Adam Clark says. Christ can both save and destroy, can kill and make alive. Death is under Christ's dominion, and he can recall the dead whenever he so pleases, because he is the resurrection and the life. What a glorious Savior we serve. He won the contest against sin. He won the contest against death. And he is ruling and reigning. Can we give the Lord a hand for what he has done? And he has the keys and he has the power. Now, number three, are you still with me, church? Say yes if you're still with me. What implications does Jesus' victory have in our lives? They're on the screen, and I'll go through them. The implications are that we can live without guilt and shame. The scripture says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. Another implication is that we are no longer hindered, but we can become everything that God intended us to be. And it says, the scripture, Romans 8, 29, that he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. Because of the victory that was won by Jesus, we can now be conformed to the image of his son. Because the victory was achieved. Another thing which is an implication is that we don't need to fear death. Sir, ma'am, as believers in Jesus Christ, you do not need to fear death Oh, death, where is your sting, the scripture says. Another implication is that we can enjoy freedom. The scripture says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Another implication of Jesus' victory, this is an interesting one, is that we can live, listen to this, wide open and spacious lives. (laughs) You might not really have thought of that one before. We can live wide open and spacious lives. Now, in the message translation, it puts it so beautifully, and uh, this is 2 Corinthians 6, verse 12 to 13. So you probably don't have the message version, but let me read it to you. Listen carefully, it says. The Apostle Paul is speaking here. He says, your lives aren't small, but you're living in a small way. I'm speaking to you as plainly, as I can and with great affection. Can you see Paul's heart? And then Paul says this. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Listen to that phrase. Live openly and expansively. Won't you say that with me? Live openly and expansively. And I believe that some people, theologically you have been set free by God, but God is wanting you to live openly He's wanting you to live expansively. Have you ever felt that your life is like really small? Maybe your life feels a little bit boxed in. But I want to tell you that God wants you to have abundant life life to the full, life with advantage. And we can live a, an abundant life which is open and spacious. Now, there are several other implications of Jesus' victory on the cross, but these are just some of them that I wanted to highlight to you. Point number four, five things I want to say. Approach life with a winning attitude. Believe that it is finished indeed. Won't you say that with me? Approach life with a winning attitude. Believe that it is finished indeed. Now, we need to realize that everything that Jesus needed to accomplish on the cross has been accomplished. There is nothing of the work of the cross that was left undone. It's not as though Jesus and Father had a tick, tick list with 12 boxes and they got to 11 boxes They managed to tick them off but don't worry about the 12th one. No, no, no. It was all accomplished. It was all fully done when Jesus did the work. His victory was total and complete And you and I need to live with that as our realization that Jesus' victory was complete. It was total. And in John 19, verse 30, it says, So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowed his head and gave up his spirit. You have to see that phrase in the right context. You see, when Jesus declared it is finished, he was not succumbing to death in the way that he was giving up. No, no, no. He was saying that the plan of salvation had been fully fulfilled. It was done. It was accomplished. It was completed. And so that was a statement of victory as he then laid down his life Because no one can take Jesus' life. He lays it down if he chooses to do so. And he breathed his last breath. And he said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And so I want to say to you that that was a statement of victory. He was declaring that the salvation plan had been accomplished. And I believe that we need to live with a victorious attitude. Not doubting what happened on the cross but allowing faith to arise in our hearts that what God's word says is true. And when Jesus said, it is finished, you know what he meant? It is finished. He actually meant it in the fullest sense. And now we live with that assurance. And because of that assurance that it is finished, we can boldly declare with Romans 8 verse 37, yet in all these things we are, said with me, more than conquerors not through our own power but it is through him who loved us by the power of that association because he won we say we won because he conquered we say i am a conqueror do not you say to the person next to you you're a conqueror come on say it to them and then add so you can smile <laughs> you're a conqueror so you can smile Number five, my last point. Let Jesus' victory be expressed through your life. Let it be expressed. The outcome of the cross should be that Christ's life is powerfully at work within us. Say that again. The outcome of the cross should be that Christ's life is powerfully at work, alive in us. Changing us, that should be the outcome. Now, many people have rejected Christianity, and they say, I can't keep up to the standard. It's too high. You can't live the Christian life. It's too difficult. Well, you know what? It's absolutely true. You cannot meet the standard. You cannot live the Christian life in your own strength. That's why we need Christ. Within us, the hope of glory. That's why we need Jesus to come and live his life through us. That's the only way that you and I live in victory is when we realize that we need you, Jesus. Would you come and live your life through me? Galatians 2 verse 20 says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Who was saying those words? It was the apostle Paul. I would submit to you that the Apostle Paul lived a victorious life because he knew it was about Jesus living the life through him. He relied on the power of Christ within him. And I want to say to you that we need to allow the Christ life to come out of us, the Christ power to arise in us. I had a friend, bumped into into him a bunch of years ago, and he was a friend who was living a wild kind of life, and he knew I was serving the Lord and, and he was sowing his wild oats and so on. And he said to me, He said, You know what, John, I'm going to clean up my life sometime pretty soon. You know that I struggle in the whole area of heavy drinking and I'm a bit, you know, sleeping around with everybody. But I've decided I'm going to clean up my life and then I'm going to come back to church. I'm going to come back to God. That's how he felt. And I said to him, No, 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 that's not how it works. You come to God with your muck. You come to God with your sin. You cannot change yourself. You cannot be transformed. He is the one that does the transforming. And it's so important to realize this. Some of us are trying to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we should just say, God, you are the one. (laughs) It's you that shines through me. It's through Christ that I can do all things. It is the Christ life that needs to be flowing through me. He's the one that transforms you. As I begin to draw this message to a close, I want to say this to you. Maybe you are fighting a sinful behavior in your life right now. A sinful pattern, a sinful habit. And you really don't know what to do. Because you feel that it's actually gotten the better of you. Maybe you have a tremendous problem with aggression. Maybe there is an addiction and you're just struggling to stop that addiction. Maybe you are plagued with thoughts of inferiority, thoughts of unworthiness, and you don't know what to do. Well, I want to tell you this message applies to those situations, and I want to submit the following to you. Approach that, approach those things from the point of view that you have already been Made righteous. Let me say that again. Approach those things from the point of view that you have already been made righteous because some of us are constantly thinking, well, I'm just a miserable old sinner. No, no, no. You were a sinner, but you've been saved, and now you are righteous. So next time the enemy comes with those thoughts of aggression saying, no, Satan, get behind me. I'm a righteous man of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Next time when the enemy comes with those thoughts of that addiction and giving into that addiction, addiction, declare that God is with me. That I'm the righteousness of God and declare that I'm better than that. I'm better than that addiction because I'm a righteous child of God. I don't have time to believe those lives. I don't have time to, I, you know, spend time on those fears anymore because I am a righteous man of God. Can I get an amen on that one? And Romans 6 verse 18 says, And having been set free from sin because of Christ's victory, you became slaves of righteousness. What a wonderful thing to be a slave of righteousness. There's one more scripture that I just have to share with you. And there it is on the screen. It says in Romans 5 verse 17. It says, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, that's all through the victory of Jesus, will reign in life. Through the one, Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you today that you can most certainly reign in life through Christ Jesus. I want to tell you that you can overcome that addiction. Not in your own strength, but by the life of Christ within you. And I declare over the people of God today that you are righteous in Jesus' name. You're a righteous man. You're a righteous woman. You're better than that thing that's trying to get a hold of you. And it is all through Christ Jesus. Can we give the Lord a hand for all that he has done for us? Won't you just say hallelujah? And Father, we just want to thank you for your word because your word actually sets us free. And most importantly, we declare, Jesus, thank you for your victory. And thank you that because you won, we have won. And we declare the enemy is defeated. We declare as we go into this week that we will go in the power of Christ's life. We will go in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we will live victoriously. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And if you agree, would you say amen?